I find it much more liberating. I find it to be what CSS was probably meant to be. Greetings and salutations. It's time for episode four of the Development Best Practices podcast, brought to you by ILM Professional Services. I'm Jason Erdahl, your podcast host, and today we'll be continuing our talk with Chris Vitko, ILM Principal Architect, about Tailwind CSS. If you haven't listened to episode three of our podcast, Tailwind CSS, just try it. I would encourage you to do so before listening to this one. Chris covers why Tailwind CSS exists, what it does, and when to avoid using it. In this episode, Chris and I will talk through the practical how-tos of getting started with Tailwind and things to watch out for during the implementation, as well as other resources you can use in learning Tailwind. Be sure to hang around at the end of the episode for a preview of the next episode. Well, let's get back to our conversation with Chris. Let's decide, hey, we want to use Tailwind. How easy is it to get started? Is there a big learning curve? You just talked about um, learning this. Um, so give me a sense for what, what we need to look out for. Sure. So uh, the learning curve is actually minimal, but you'd st- you still have to learn it. I mean, it, uh, the documentation on tailwindcss.com is wonderful. Um, you still have to know, you got to go through it and know what you're doing. It, it has a lot of documentation, so I'll, I'll, I'll get it out there. Uh, the community is actually, you know, is smaller, but is actually getting bigger. Um, so there's some help out there for that. Uh, a lot of, a lot of new age, uh, not a lot of, uh, what I want to say, like um, component frameworks and things like that, are starting to incorporate how to use Tailwind in their frameworks, that kind of thing. So, all those, all those, like um, uh, the one I can think about is like SvelteKit and that kind of thing right. are all kind of right. starting to in, starting to embrace Tailwind, but it's kind of a newish thing. Um, the biggest suck is the biggest time constraint is going to be that you're going to have to read the documentation and see what fits into your HTML. I can tell you that after the first several pages or, or components that you do in HTML, you're actually going to know Tailwind pretty well to actually continue on pretty quickly. And then just go back to the documentation to kind of get the crazy things. Right. Um, there is a little bit of setup for... Um, for uh, like development versus production level stuff, whether you know you need to know there's some gotchas as to if you're using like a React or a Vue or a Angular, don't do string concatenation on your classes because that ruins some of the Tailwind stuff. So there's a little gotchas, but that's more kind of advanced things that really won't bother you until you get out to that really getting your performance to be the best on downloading your CSS file. So got it. Got so it. I'd, I'd say it's pretty low level. Okay. Well, I'm a lot of our audience is probably going, that's great, but I already have a current project. Um, you know, what's it like to integrate Tailwind into an existing application? Um, like if I wrote a lot of CSS already, how would I, is there a conversion program? How do I convert all my, my mounds of CSS over to nicely streamlined Tailwind? 
Yeah, so I, I would, so you have like huge amounts of custom CSS, or even if you have a small amount of custom CSS, I would keep your custom CSS at that okay. point in time. And I would actually okay. start to say, so what you can do is you can run Tailwind uh, on top of that. Okay. Um, and most likely in, in very few instances, it'll actually create CSS classes that are independent of most frameworks. It may override some, it may not. Um, you can actually attach prefixes onto your Tailwind classes if you really want that kind of thing to, to, to distinguish what you have customized versus Tailwind. But I'd actually say, as you move forward, just start to do things in Tailwind. Just start to move things in Tailwind. If you find that you need your custom class into, into your new component, then start to replace that custom classes CSS with Tailwind. You can actually, in the custom CSS, apply, apply Tailwind styles in there in, in place of your, like, your, your, cool. your native CSS styles. Start Got to replace it. those. And you'll start to find that some CSS classes aren't used anymore and that kind of thing. And so I would, I would more do a kind of transition not really just wholesale replace. It's not It's not the way anyone likes to go about that. It's not the way you probably should go about that. I'd say start to transition, try try new features, try when you edit a file, start to transition off of your 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 uh, custom CSS into a Tailwind situation. Got it. Got it. That's helpful. Um, what about my team? <clears throat> Do I need to uh, do I need to pay them a lot more? Um, do I need to make any other changes? I'm kidding. Um, is there any <laughs> other changes I would need? To, you always need to pay your developers more. Let's just start there. Um, but uh, are there are there team changes I need to make? Do I need to bribe the designers? Do they have to do anything different? Um, so um, always bribe your developers. That's another good best practice. Um, but <laughs> any team changes I need to make? Uh -huh. I would, so you're gonna to have to talk to your team about about yes. the transition, and it's right. gonna be. Okay. I mean, it's gonna. Oh be wait a minute! About... Hold on! Hold on! Stop! Stop! You, you <laughs> broke me there. So I need to check with the developers before I change. <laughs> oh no! No, I'm sorry. Full stop. Okay, sorry. So we check with them first. Got it. Okay. Yeah. Step one. So let's let's say let's say people want to move to this new system, and they're and they're and they're good about it. Yeah. Yep. The 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 designers are going to look for. Um, what you're going to have to talk about is you're going to have to talk about what your current design system is, what their what their current knowledge of the CSS, because some designers don't know the CSS, some do, some just kind of work in in you know classes and that's fine. Yeah. Uh, but but you know if they, if they're into knowing your custom CSS, you're going to have to get you have to get their buy-in from saying, okay, well this custom CSS now, now equates to these these classes in Tailwind, okay? So let's make the transition. Uh, the devs, um, I think that's probably gonna be the hardest sell. The devs are going to, you know, you're gonna have to say, okay, well, when going to when going to Tailwind, your HTML is gonna be much, much more verbose, um, which uh, everyone's gonna hate up front, and then everyone's gonna love <laughs> in a okay, couple, okay. couple weeks. Okay. Um, I, I can tell you right now, being able to look at HTML and know exactly what it looks like is huge for a developer. Except they don't realize that it's huge until it's huge for them. For them. Got it. Um, and so you'll have to get those guys. Um, Tailwind itself is is free, so so it's more nice. along the lines of 
And it's very, very non-intrusive. So it's just CSS processing. So it's very much not a security hole usually. So, right. so um, you know, AppSec kind of thing isn't going to really come into play too much. Um, the the library, you know, you may have to get the library vetted, but it's you know it's out there to a lot of corporations now, so it's 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 a minimum impact there. Business, it's free, so you won't get a lot of budget issues on there. Um, it will, in fact, probably impact your maintainability later on, so it'll probably save them money. So you might actually get a buy-in there. Um, but uh, it, I'd say your devs. Your your design people are going to be the ones that are are going to be the most impacted. Sweet, sweet, nice. Okay, so I'm, I'm, you continue to sell me on this, um, um, but I know there's things to watch out for. So I know there's a. It's really great, but so give me the but. What are the biggest <laughs> things we need to watch out for? <laughs> the biggest thing is. Devs are going to rail against this thing for a couple of weeks to a month. They're going to be okay. like, oh, I'm putting so much effort into this thing. It's ridiculous. This looks totally off base. I don't know what's going on. Right. Uh, and I know that because I did. I was like, this is ridiculous. Um, I can tell you right now, just if you, if you were to look at anybody's CSS and compare it to the Tailwind, you're actually doing less development <laughs> than customized classes. But you don't know it. It looks, it looks completely wrong. It's like this isn't CSS solid at all. This is not reusing it. Oh gosh, I don't know what's going on. Yeah, um, that's going to be the biggest one. I can, but I, 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 every single person. So I was on a team that started with Tailwind, and we added three more teams onto this project, and every single one was like, I don't know about this. And within a month, we're like. Cool, we're 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 good with Tailwind. We love this thing now. Uh, so that's going to be the big one. Okay. Um, some other more kind of technical issues you're gonna you're gonna you're gonna come down is is um, you have to add some uh, when you bundle all your JavaScript up, you have to add an, uh, a post CSS packaging system and all that kind of stuff. Not a huge thing, but you're gonna have to do that. It's not a it's not really a a disadvantage. A, a big, a big no-no or disadvantage is that you have to upkeep another configuration file. So you can actually extend Tailwind through a configuration file. You'll have to upkeep another configuration file. Also, you're going to have to be careful, like I said before, about creating classes that are concatenations of strings, that kind of thing, because Tailwind can't read those and it doesn't. It, it, it doesn't separate those out to remove those kind of classes when it right. when it packages everything into that small file. Um, so that's a big gotcha. Um, you will, I'm going to reiterate this, you will be doing more classes in your HTML. Okay. It becomes very intuitive after a while, but there will be a big pushback on that one. Yeah. Uh, I've seen it time and time again. If you... People come up to me and go, well, why? What if I have a, a header, customized header tag that is used everywhere? Now you're ex asking me to put in all these things. And I'm like, sure. <laughs> or you could still do that customized class, except with Tailwind classes in it. 
and still have tailwinds. There, there, there are going to be some standards that you're going to have to like alter your thinking about, and that, I think that's going to be the biggest, biggest, biggest disadvantage. Is you kind of have to alter your thinking. Got it. Got it. All right, cool. That's great. So let's say we're going to do this. We're going to dive in. We're going to do that month of pain. Um, but there's so much long-term gain. What kind of resources are there out there for us to use? Uh, use Tailwind CSS. Videos. Are there, um, of course, we can read the documentation, but who does that? Um, so what, what kind of resources are there out there to learn? <laughs> So it's it's more of a I would say a smaller community. Okay. Um, I think there there are there's there there are normal you know plural site Udemy classes for Tailwind. Um, there's uh, documentation now for the vast majority of uh, you know JavaScript frameworks for how to include Tailwind into your JavaScript bundling system, how to include it into your your components, all that kind of stuff. Um, uh, but it's more community driven. It's it's less uh, it's less you know educational and more community driven. I would say that if you were to go to the Tailwind documentation, I think it's like a paragraph of how to set up and get going. So it's not it's not an extreme thing. Um, but the documentation is really well done. It'll get you up to speed actually quicker than I would think you would. Um, but but there are other there are other tutorials and things like that you can go through and that kind of thing. Great, great. I don't I don't know of any books or articles, but there probably could be some. I'm not sure. Yeah, no, that's great, and we'll certainly include those in the notes of this podcast if we find any. Um, so this is great, outstanding. I'm ready to go. Uh, so, is there any closing thoughts you have on Tailwind? Um, man, the hard one is, I would say just try it, try it on a small project or even okay. try it on your own and yeah. see, see how you, see how you like it. It's, it's, this, this one's a hard one because everyone's looking for that framework where the vast majority of developers are like, oh, this is perfect because X, Y, you know, Z kind of thing. Right. And everyone's like, oh, that's logical. This one's more along the lines of, well, you're going to add more classes and you're like that's not logical that's a no no and you just got to get over that hump you just got to give it a try and get over that hump and 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 see you may not like it i i find it much more liberating i find it to be what css was probably meant to be was still allowing you so i feel like it's really what html was meant to be with css while still allowing you the control to alter your classes across the system if you needed to. So it still gives you the ability to change all the things across the system like a lesser SAS file would, but you're actually enjoying the way you actually program HTML and CSS now. You're not like butting your heads against all these different files that you have to look at. Okay, Chris, I got that. With existing frameworks, you have to keep track of browser compatibility with your current features. Are there any issues like that with Tailwind? Yeah. Um, so that's Tailwind comes with like, like most features, you know, they, well, most, most uh, frameworks and things like that, they start to kind of leave old technologies behind and that kind of thing. Right. Uh, a big gotcha with Tailwind is that, 
like the most recent Tailwind doesn't doesn't support IE 11, and so there are you know you you are essentially you know CSS Grid, which IE 11 doesn't support, is like a first class citizen, and you can use it all right. over the place. They actually use a lot of CSS styles that IE 11 doesn't support. Right. So you got to be careful there. Um, there are ways to enable. IE 11 support or to use an old version, but be careful there when you're supporting IE 11 or have to support IE 11, there's going to be some gotchas. And it's not in the entire thing. It's just some of the classes that you would use, some of the some of the really wild classes you would use, um, like CSS Grid or other things like that, are, are going to be um, not available to IE 11 and would break IE 11 styling. So. Got it. Got it. Cool. Excellent. Well, Chris and I have known each other for over six years now, and we always enjoy talking with each other, and I think that probably shows. I hope you enjoyed the podcast as much as we enjoyed making it, and it can serve as a springboard to learning more about Tailwind. That's our goal in the Development Best Practices podcast and at ILM. The L in ILM does stand for learning, after all. Our next episode is due to drop in the last week of January, and we'll be talking about Microsoft Application Insights and the best practices to get way more out of it than you expect with Brett Hazen, ILM Principal Architect. The Development Best Practices podcast is brought to you by ILM Professional Services. Chris talked about how using Tailwind CSS is liberating. We've all experienced that moment, the why didn't I do this before? moment when you get the right tech stack for the job. The challenge, of course, is signal to noise. Way too many new things to try. Fortunately, ILM has helped lots of companies with lots of tech stacks and platforms, and we would love to help you find the right platform for you. Please visit ilmservice.com today to get started. Oh, and we're just getting started with the podcast. So if you have any feedback on our episode, want to suggest a topic, or need anything else, please email us at podcast at ilmservice.com. Take care. <laughs>